You are listening to Modern Retrospect, retro hits and modern bits. I'm Jovan. And I'm Joseph. More often than not recently, we find ourselves starry-eyed at the extensive special sales of video games. This episode, we plan to dig into what we find as quality games, whether they are primed for a buy on sale, and when you should probably hold back on that promising price when your backlog wants your attention first. If you like what you have been listening to so far, subscribe, rate us, or leave a message if you are feeling extra generous. There's a sea of games out there. Let's dive right in. So, more so than any other time in history, the market has been, or is currently right now, packed and bursting at the seams with game content. Uh, Games come out every other, if not every week, and there's always something new around that next digital corner. For gamers, it's like a constant stream of joy and excitement, which is definitely something I feel all the time recently, but it's mixed with kind of an astonishing amount of bamboozlement of when do I buy it, should I buy it, and do I have time to play it? I'm sure you kind of feel uh, something very similar. I think we mentioned it uh, in episode 6, just do we even have time to play these games in some cases? So uh, how do you kind of feel with like the constant stream of games coming? Like, Do you feel bombarded? And, and kind of what, what is your mentality about like the whole thing of what you want to get and, and when you should get it? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, there's way too many games compare to the time the free time i have and the irony is when i was a kid i had a lot less games and but i had a lot of free time right but now i have the money to buy more games than i did when i was a kid but i have a lot less time so it's a kind of like a cruel joke but what i do now is almost i almost kind of collect games you know i i see a game or i hear about a game and i want it and i have the money to get it usually but I almost get it with the acknowledgement that I might not get to play it for a while, or in some cases ever. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's gotten harder these days for the reason that you're right that we, as we get older, you know, we have more money to do it. And then you have the the indie market, right? The indie market and companies have kind of come into full swing over the last decade. I feel like uh, it was a lot smaller way back then like it was you know more niche right when people talk about indies it was like a niche yeah. a niche market and now these days it's it's huge it's booming so much that you have the big companies promoting them to like fill in those gaps where you know you got triple a games that are being worked on that are spaced out throughout the year and there's still a lot of them but you have these really great quality indie games now and oh, for sure Oh, yeah, especially because a, a lot of them actually started on Kickstarter. You know, I remember when that was like the main thing I would hear about for indie games. And now there's so many that I, I feel like I start collecting so much because they're cheaper, right? And they go on sale a lot. So in regards to the highlights for some of these indies, I mean, we're talking some of these indies are you would think that they would like be shorter games. But some of these are actually really, really long games. Yeah. And, you know, maybe this is not a great analogy. But it reminds me of kind of how TV shows now are almost indistinguishable from movies in some cases as far as quality. Mm. So, you know, back in the day, it was 100% clear that this was a TV show due to the budget, quality, actors, maybe, etc. versus a movie. I mean, there's a clear distinction. And early on in an indie scene, there's a very clear distinction as far as maybe some quality in some cases or a lot of cases. And especially budgets and other stuff. You know, this was an indie game. It might have been a brilliant indie game like uh, Braid and 
uh, you know, some others that stand out during the time. But it was still very much an indie game in scope and budget and so on compared to triple A's at the time. And and while indie games in general still have modest budgets and they're not competing with a Resident Evil 8, you know, Village or, or, or you know, Monster Hunter. But, you know, there is quite a few indie games that are very high quality, have nice little budgets and co- can compete with the big boys in a lot of ways. It's very interesting to see and, you know, I'm I'm glad. It makes me happy to see that. Yeah, because I'd say way back then when I started hearing about indies the most, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me at the time was Shovel Knight, right? That, uh, I forget, is it 8-bit or is it 16-bit, uh, the graphical style? Do you rem- <laughs> That's one thing I, I always forget if it's 8-bit or 16-bit. I, I guess it's going for um, like a mesh. It re- is really meant to elicit 8-bit feels. Mm-hmm. Although eight bit systems could never get close to a shovel knight's really yeah doing this, so, exactly but, and know. and I remember that was like the biggest thing back then for an indie uh, Kickstarter which is booming into like its own franchise and and Yacht Club Games is is like its own publisher now. It's very impressive that we grow from these indie games where usually a lot of indie games pick a pixel pixel art or a very clean simple art style, but you have games like the. Uh, You've games like Hunt Down and Shovel Knight and Katana Zero that all have a pixel art style, but yet they have so much content and so much effort put into them that they're unique unique experiences that you won't find on AAA uh, series. And that's or one like thing. Like ukulele, I've... you know, I yeah, mean, high quality 3D platformer stuff like that, right? Oh, definitely. And I mean, uh, games even like Thumper. Thumper, I, I had a great time with. It's hard as hell. But it's a 3D rhythm-based, uh, I guess, say action game, and the, you don't see concepts like these done in, in AAA games. And because of that, it catches the interest of, of people like me and you, right? We see all these unique games coming out quickly because the indie market has gotten so big, and and everyone's able to make games much uh, better and easier. It's become easier for companies to get funding and to make their games because there are a lot of ideas out there. You almost keep thinking we're gonna run out of originality. But it doesn't look like we have. That's that's what's actually really impressive. I mean, like, uh, just that's just here, right? Hades. Hades is by uh, Supergiant Games, and that game has been nominated how many times now? And it's it's huge. It's this huge, huge indie game. And sometimes they take a long time to make, but it's it's very impressive. I'd say the indie market is the number one reason right now where the gaming market feels as flooded as it does. <laughs> And you would think it wouldn't be that way based on how it was back then. So because of this, though, the the amount of high-quality indies that have been impressing you and I, you know, it causes our wish lists that I remember even back then when I had a wish list. It was, it was pretty decent, right? Small, decent-sized wish list. And now I have these humongous wish lists on, like, my, my PS4 or PS5 now. My Nintendo Switch has a absolutely ridiculous wish list that I don't know if I'll ever be able to get everything on it. And they're constantly like games coming out on sale, right? And then you have the yeah. AAA games that come out like ever so often throughout the year. And those are the games you're, you keep thinking, oh, I want to get those. I want to get those right off the bat or I'm going to pay like, you know, full price for those. And it all it does is kind of increase. So when you're like playing other things, here comes out a AAA game. You're like playing some indies, right? And then a AAA g- game comes out here and you're like, ooh, 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 and you, you start like jumping in on that. And then you're like putting in time into that. And then you put off the indie and then you get back to the indie. But then sometimes before you even finish that indie, some other indie 
comes out that you're kind of interested in well and for me it's an issue i have a focus issue where i get i constantly like a lot of variety and sometimes it causes me to uh probably bounce back and forth between games a little too much. I've been trying to get a little yeah, better. Yeah. And at I'm that. the same way really. But you know what I love about indies and this goes uh, hand in hand with the Switch. And you know, it's not a surprise to anybody that's been listening to mm. us already that I'm a big fan of Nintendo and the Switch. Oh, yeah. But what I love about indies is that you know, when I play the Xbox Series X or the PS5 now or even some Switch games, you know, generally you might want to play on the, you know, on your big screen TV with your uh, nice sound system if you have it. And you get that whole experience, right? But, you know, sometimes you don't want to occupy the TV either because you have, you know, you want to watch the news or show or maybe you have uh, family members that want to occupy the TV. So then I get the Switch and I could chip away at a bunch of indie games I have, you know, like Bloodstain and, you know, Hotshot Racings, uh, you know, Hyper Drifter. Hyper, Hyper Light Drifter? Hyper Light Drifter. Yeah, you know, I don't know, Stardew Valley, uh, uh, Valley I'm sorry. Xeno Crisis, whatever, I could name a hundred of them. And I just sit there on my couch and I just chip away one by one a little bit at, at these indie games while I might be watching, you know, a scary movie with the kids and the wife or whatever the case may be. And I could do that on the Xbox, sure, but then I'm occupying the main TV while I'm while I'm playing, I don't know, um boy, uh what is it, the uh, Xeno Crisis, and there's nothing wrong with that. The game is mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. In fact, I own it uh, for the sake of Genesis, believe it or not. They released oh, really? it on carpet. Yeah, it's awesome. But, but you know, I, I tend to reserve the TV for more kind of grandiose AAA games. And that's how I've kind of dealt with time constraint. Smaller games portably, for the most part, and bigger games on the TV. Yeah, that that's a smart idea. Because it's kind of similar with me, right? Now, I would say there's a decent amount of big games I have for my Switch. And even some indies actually are much larger than <laughs> than I actually think. But I do like to play most of my indies on my Switch. And I, I almost feel that the allure of the Switch caused me to buy more indie games that I probably would have put off much longer. So I kind of feel it's, it's a great thing. It's a bad thing for me because let's say I didn't have a Switch, right? And I only had like a PS4. I don't think I would put as much time buying uh, indie games for some reason. I don't know why. I just feel the Switch is such a perfect hybrid of a system that you feel when you get something for it, you you will be able to take it with you anywhere. It, it's a wonderful feeling. I, I feel like Nintendo like struck gold with the Nintendo Switch. That I, I used to make a joke that they, over time when the Switch came out, that they just yeah. decided to grab Steam and they just decided to like dump all of its games like they're like holding a bucket of steam and they're just like mm. dumping it onto the nintendo eShop over time and that's actually uh helped it helped the um the switch's momentum hugely was nintendo pushing the indie market and now you actually get indie directs you know actually showcasing these things well you know what's funny so i have the uh, xbox uh, game pass which i think is the best deal in gaming mm, that's true. and I it has totally a lot agree. of these indies on there yeah and this might be Okay, this I know this is gonna sound silly and stupid, so mm-hmm. I fully admit it. But there's times where I buy the an indie game that's on game uh, uh, Xbox uh, Gamer Pass, mm-hmm. but I buy it on Switch, and the reason is one because I want it portably, mm-hmm. and two I tend to play games that I actually paid money for more often than games that I'm sampling from Game Pass or whatever. So there, there might be a, an indie game. What was the latest one that came out? Which one's the one you're playing right now? 
Oh, um, well, I'm playing a lot actually right now. <laughs> yeah, then the, uh, the new indie game. Um, I have like two, two or three new indie games this month. Oh, hold you on, know that, I think. Uh, that new oh, oh, 2D uh, one that no, came out. Oh yeah, pardon me. Uh, Narita Boy. There Narita, you go. Narita so, Boy. Yes, yes. I downloaded that one on Game Pass, and I played it for ten minutes, and I liked what I played of, but then I deleted it from my hard drive. Right. <laughs> and then let me then well, let me guess. Did you buy it on the Switch? No, I that is not an example of one that I did buy, but there's mm. other examples of games that I downloaded on Game Pass. I tried it out, and then I said, you know what? That's a cool game. I want this on Switch, and then I spent money on it. Now, is that reasonable? <laughs> you know, is that smart? Well, I, I mean, probably there's... probably not. Maybe, yeah. but maybe not smart financially. Mm. But you know what? One, I got to play it portably, and two, I, it does make a difference. I feel when you actually spend money on something. It's almost like you're obligated to play it, right? Because or else you're you're even doubly stupid. Because now you could have played it on Game Pass, and I didn't. Then I spent money on it, and I didn't play it. So then I, you know, I just kind of double dipped on it, and and then made. So I do tend to play games more often than I buy. Well, actually, you make a valid point because when we get to the second section of here, that's actually something I really want to touch upon. Regards to the Xbox Game Pass and the idea of sales. For me, right now, it's slightly like um. It's kind of weird, okay? So, I, you know how you sometimes make a joke that you call me I'm cheap? You know, you'll mention a game to me like, oh, oh you should oh, totally no get joke, this. Jo- that, yeah, that's no and... joke, Joseph. That's some... <laughs> I'm stating facts. But, like, the thing is, like, so so me, right, when I, I got the Xbox Game Pass, they Microsoft actually, even in the past, started doing the indie thing probably even a little more before Nintendo. Um, they, they were, like, the ones that tried to pick up quite a bit of steam on it. And they, they've been, uh, they had their own indie section or indie little presentation uh recently and they're big on releasing like they have this huge timeline of like 20 indie games that are releasing on day one on the xbox game pass now i'm very tempted on that reason now i i do get that feeling where i'm like do i want to buy it on the switch because it's portable if it runs really really well or do i want to not pay for it and play on the xbox game pass so i'm actually very divided on these things it's the same reason why i haven't played Spiritfarer. I haven't downloaded Spiritfarer. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Oh my gosh, I want to play the game so much. But it's on the Xbox Game Pass. I haven't downloaded it from there. Because I feel like if it runs really well on the Switch, I'd prefer to play the game on the Switch. And even then, this is this is one of those things where you were mentioning like when you buy something, you feel obligated to buy it. For me, it's slightly different. I have a thing where psychologically, when I think about it, well, if you can play it on the Xbox, right, and you're probably going to play it on your big TV... And you might play Spiritfarer on the big TV, even on your Switch. Why do you want it for the Switch? And the reason I can tell in my head is I'm giving my excuse. Then going, well, it's a portable. But then the other part of me is going, but I like those games on my Switch. You know, like, yeah. like it's just it's just that thing where it's it's a, a preference that even though I feel like it's not a hundred percent sensical, but it feels like that's the type of game I want on my Switch. Well, you could get into trouble as though um, gain stuff on Switch because stuff like Steam World Quest or whatever, you know, mm, great Dead game, Cells. By the way. Loved it. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I love the Steam World games and and Dead Cells, Transistor, stuff like that. Scott Pilgrim. You know what they all have in common? They're kind of two D games that the Switch could run pretty easily, or at least comparably to the competition. Mm-hmm. But then when you start getting into stuff like um, uh, Dead by Daylight and Fortnite, etc., mm, yeah. I-, I wish that there was cross-play in every single game. No, no, not well. Yes, uh, cross-play for sure, but 
cross save progression, right? Or cross progression. I, I that for sure. Because then what happens is I bought Dead by Daylight on my Switch originally. It's been the main console for that game. And I did it because my friend only owned a Switch at the time. And, you know, now I have a Series X and Dead by Daylight looks gorgeous on the Series X. But, you know, guess what? I, I If I play it on there, I don't have any of my progression, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, so, wait. So so you're talking about, because I know there's, there's cross-play, which actually cross-play is when you're playing with other people on different systems. You're yes, talking about just cross-progression. Cross progression. Yes, then. yes. I mean, it really a game should have both. Yeah. Cross progression really um, is what I'm talking about, and and that's so I could play. Uh, you know, if I started playing on my Switch originally, then I could easily move over to my Series X if I wanted to and carry on my progression. Or if I want to play portably, I can. And then if I feel like playing on the TV, then I'll play it on the Xbox. But at the moment, I can't do that on Dead by Daylight. And there's other games as well that I can't do that on. And mm. uh, th- that's something that really should be universal. Cross-play and, and cross-progression. Uh, um, there's no excuse for that not being universal, I feel. I mean, I think there probably are some reasons. I think some developers can do it easier than others. But I think a good example that, like how you mentioned, having the ability to move this stuff over... Um, actually, as I mentioned before, was Hades, right? So Hades came out on only Steam and Switch. That's how you know they knew their audience. <laughs> it, it came out on Steam and Switch, right? And the funny thing is they were hoping to release the game with the save data cross um, yeah. between Steam and but they weren't able to. So they, they kind of delayed it. They didn't want to delay the game. So they said in, in an update, we hope in the next month or two we can have the, you know, the save data back and forth working. And they did recently have it working. And for me, that's a great thing, right? Because I love love playing Hades. Now, it runs at like 720, 60 FPS on the Switch with a couple of slowdowns when it gets really action-y. But it's fine. I'm it fine with that. It runs at 720 on the it Switch? It does. It does. Really? But because, it's at, wow. because it runs at a smooth 60. Oh, it's so wonderful. But it, oh. um, it sometimes has, you know, the little judder when things get really, really hectic. There's a lot of effects. Mm. Now, it's still a great-looking game, right? But when you play it on portable... Oh my goodness, that game is a gem. It is beautiful in portable mode. I can mode, imagine because right? Transistor looks amazing portably as well. So Yeah, you know. and and so I told myself eventually when I have a PC, right, if I want to get uh, Hades on sale, because it goes on sale on Steam every now and then, then I can do the cross-save thing. So if I want to play, like, you know, on my PC in, like, you know, higher resolution or frame rate or whatever, right? I just play on the PC. But then if I take it, go with me, I just move the save data over, and I'm playing on my Switch. And that, for me, is really cool. Now, I don't have a PC yet, but just to have that option available is really is really something nice. And, and you're right. I do wish more games did that. I feel like it's a little bit more common, but we're not like 100% there yet of all the systems trying to work together, you know, 
So I'm glad we actually touched upon that because, as we mentioned before, the the gaming market is huge now. It's huger than it's ever been. There's lots of games for us to play, and yeah, I haven't gotten to like some like there are games in my backlog on my Switch that I got on sale, and I haven't I haven't even played them, or I like started them and I'm, I dabbled in them, and I want to get back to them, but then everything else keeps coming out that I want, and I end up you know. And that's, and that's where we get into this next subject that I think is very, very important. And that is, you know, deals. You know, those big gaming deals that have been really, I'd, I'd say, really pre- prevalent lately. I, uh, deals are everywhere. I know Steam was like the one that supposedly started it with these huge sales and deals that everyone was bragging about back in the time when you had a PC, Steam had what you could get games like AAA games, indie games, like at such discounted prices. But then you could tell the competition started doing it hugely, right? Sony started doing a bit of its own. Nintendo hugely, I think, looked at Steam and mimicked it, right? So you have these wish lists now on the eShop that we have. I have this huge wish list, right? And I gradually check if there are sales on my wish list because they have sales like almost all the time and some of them are pretty amazing and unfortunately that that causes the same thing i mentioned for earlier about you know that bamboozlement of oh when do i buy it you know oh, should i buy this one you know it's on my wish list you know do i really do i really want to get it should i put my time into it do i have time to play it you know and and you know even if you have the money for it the sale could be great it could be an amazing sale and and that's the part that i feel it starts to become a little um a little troublesome because I I get I have like there's a lot of eye catching games that I've recently told myself you know maybe <laughs> maybe I can wait a sale's always gonna happen so yeah because y- you could become a digital pack rat <laughs> yes so you know you good see god yeah games on sale and you're like well I don't have time to play it but it's gosh it was fifty dollars and now it's fourteen ninety nine I'm I grabbing my hand. money I'm grabbing my I, I hand would be on stupid my not to buy it right like, don't uh, press don't press the a button it's, it's costing me money not to get it and then you <laughs> you buy it and you deal with the storage constraints and then you have it there are uh, you have it as an icon there so you I guess you feel better I guess you sleep better at night maybe who you knows? feel better and, but then after a while you look at that <laughs> you icon, tried out yeah you try it out for a minute, and then you probably don't play it again for months or something. And then it becomes an icon where you end up going through your list and you're going, "Oh right, I remember you. I still need to play you." And you, for you me, you know what it is? <laughs> that's a problem. It's like gotcha games, right? It's like uh, you know that Fire man. Emblem game. Oh uh, yeah, Fire Emblem Heroes. You pay, and then you, uh, you all you're getting really to satisfy that lizard part of your brain is <laughs> that a picture of a character. And you're like, ah, yes, now I have this artwork in a collection of artwork. I feel a little better in my life. That's, I guess, that that's what buying a new game is nowadays. You're mm-hmm. buying it and you get the little icon and you're like, ah, I got that icon. I could sleep <laughs> a little tiny bit better. Well... I might not play this game ever. I might die. <laughs> this, is the, this is the sad part. No, I'm, I'm not even joking you. No, I know. That's, I might that's why I'm die laughing. without <laughs> passing... A good 60% of the games I bought, if not more. That is morbid, but it's a true statement. I yeah. can only hope that my kids pick up the baton and uh, pass you've left, these games. You've left, uh, we've I, left in digital my will, legacies. In my will, I'll leave a list of games I did not finish, and hopefully they could finish. It's almost like <laughs> Jumanji. Things start getting worse and worse until somebody finishes the game. <laughs> yeah, and... <laughs> 
that's a that's a good analogy. I like that. But yeah, I mean, as I said, I this is where we get into that thing where you see a game and maybe you were like eyeing it for a while, right? You're eyeing it for a while. You like how it is. And at least I'm happy the fact that before I buy any game on sale, I check the reviews. I check the reviews like quite a bit before I buy any game because then sometimes it allows me to remove games off my wish list, which I think is something I've I've done way more in the past years where I'm like I've always been a I wouldn't say a snob, but I've been a snob in regards to funny whatever. I'm a snob when it comes to reviews, okay? So I I really vet the games and sometimes there'll be games that like are rated decently, right? But then I, I can see that to the people who rated it well of what they liked about it. And it's if it speaks to me in that same way, then I will get it. And some of those games I 100% had played, you know, 100% played. And I, re- and I really love them. And I can see why not everyone likes them. So those type of sales kind of get me every now and then. And usually I try to wait these days until they're like super cheap, right? Like, like the game Dex. Not everyone likes the game Dex. Um, and not, I, I know it sounds kind of confusing because I think about it, there was another game called Gex, I think, way back then. Yeah, was... I'm thinking of the Lizard game. Exactly, I knew you were N64. thinking of that. I'm surprised I, I remembered that <laughs> game. We played it on PC. But Dex uh, is like this kind of, um, call it cyber noir detective side-scroller game that I actually really liked, but it wasn't 100% amazingly rated. But there were things about it that I really liked. And I played a bit of it right now. <laughs> played a bit of it right now. Played a bit of it right now, and I really liked it. And I told myself, you need to play more of that game then, because if you get it, you know, I got it cheap, right? Two bucks. I got on sale for two bucks. It took a while. It took a while before it went to two bucks, right? But that kind of thing gets you. You know that two. So was it originally two ninety nine, and you're like, nah, Funny, nah, son. I- no. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait no, no, two no, no. years until you drop, and then you finally pull the trigger at two dollars. No, no, you no, sly no, dog. It was twenty uh, bucks. Thank you very much. It was twenty all right. bucks. All, all right. right. I'm not. I don't fall for that. Anyway, so and and okay, but then there are some indie games, right? That will go on a sale where they were like, uh, I'll say twenty five bucks, and you'll get them for like seven dollars off. Now, I only get those games if I really wanted to get that indie, okay? Like, if I played a demo of it and I loved it, I will only sometimes get those indies that are only, like, 7 bucks off, which is still a good amount, uh, like, from 25 to 18 bucks, right? I will get those if I really want it, and I'll finally bite the bullet, because it'll go on sale multiple times. Multiple times, and I'll deny myself. I'll say, later, 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 later. But then on a good month, I'll just be like, you know what? I want that. And hell, so far, I'm playing that game actually quite a bit, and I'm loving it. It's a hardcore mecha. I love it. I love its smooth art style. Beautiful game in portable mode. High-quality game, too. I love it. Like, so far, I'm really, really loving its its aesthetic and its gameplay. Very, very nice. But when you when you end up actually uh, buying, like, uh, a good deal, like, you see an indie Yvonne, and you're kind of like, ooh, I've been waiting for that one to go on sale for a while, you know? When you end up getting it, do you sometimes feel like, you're playing like a game currently or multiple games currently, but then you see that game and you're like, oh, I've always wanted that one. And you end up just snatching it up. Does, does the thought of time ever like come into your head? Like as soon as you get it, you're like, I've been waiting for a while. It's greatly rated, you know, and, and you just buy it. And then you're like, right, do I, am I, am I, I'm playing other things. So then do you move on from whatever you're playing to play it? Or does it kind of, you know, you know, fall to the wayside for like a while and then you're like oh right i remember i wanted to play you a little bit yeah time did come into consideration for sure but 
if I'm being honest, not not as much as I it should have. Like if I saw the game and it was a really good price, I got it. Especially early on in the Switch's life when I just wanted games to play. Mm-hmm. But you know what the biggest deterrent is really? It's just storage space. So mm. I went from like a uh I don't know two hundred gig card to a four hundred gig card to five hundred. Uh, I I I might mean I don't know exactly. I hope these are real sizes. So yeah, I, don't I, I mean, but then I mean I'm, I'm up but, to like a terabyte. Now. And, and then yeah, I and then I I'm up to I got the terabyte one for Black Friday, uh, as did you, and I filled it up. <laughs> And now I'm right back to where I was before, which is using two memory cards. I'm sorry, not memory cards, um, two SD cards. And I'm like, man, it sucks. I have to keep switching again, right? The reason <laughs> I spent so much money on the terabyte is so I wouldn't have to switch. So the biggest deterrent when I see a sale is like, oh, I want you so bad, but look at this. You're like six gigs or you're like 10 gigs or you're like 20 gigs. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Cause you're not going to be on my main memory card or I might have to delete stuff, whatever. And if I'm honest, that's been the biggest deterrent. So there's stuff on my wish list that have gone on sale multiple times. It's just, you know, the storage space is what's keeping me back. And the realization that I have so many games that I've yet to put any significant time in, I really should before I, I buy more games. Yeah, and that's that's I think the you being uh what you could say definitely like older than me and definitely more like the retro gamer. I feel how like dare you? Yeah, how, hey, hey, how I said dare retro you, gamer, retro Don't gamer. Don't age I said, shame me on <laughs> I my was own not, show. I'm I'm trying to make a point here, Yvonne. So let me make the point. The point I'm trying to say is since you've lived longer, you obviously have more games than I. So as I said, like for me. I have, I still have a good amount of space in my Switch left, right? Like a, a good sizable, I'd say like maybe a... Would you say that I am a one terabyte card and you are a 200 gig card as I, far as lifespans are concerned? <laughs> lifespan? Okay, lifespans, sure. But, you know, if you really think about it, I'm the one with actual space on my console. So anyways, the thing is... Is that that's true? There is it, a lot of space in your head that's yeah. yet oh, to be filled wow. up. Oh, wow! That so is true. We're doing we're doing deep cuts give, on this podcast concede. now, aren't we? Right, I am so. going to concede to that. Tisk tisk tisk, Yvonne. I'm just trying to make a point here. Anyways, okay. So the thing I was talking about before you derailed me was that. It, it, there are many reasons why we start waiting longer. Now, in your case, you mentioned the space, the storage space thing, which I would say in some cases kind of, I wouldn't say it's like a benefit, but I'd say like in a way you're kind of thinking like, you know, I can wait. I can wait. And for me, it was around the beginning similar, right? I, I was like, oh, cool. Finally, that game's on sale. Oh, cool. That game's on sale. Some of them might even wait for sales if I really wanted it. But over time, I feel like both of you and I have kind of slowed down a bit, right? We're kind of like, whoa, you know sales happen all the time you know you're kind of looking around like shifty eyes and you're kind of going like okay you and you over there like you've been on sale how many times now you know you can either be and you're either thinking you can either be lower or you're always going to be on sale someday so it's not like there's any rush and that for me going like, into that like doom eternal for the switch it just went on sale at 50 percent yeah. so 29.99 i guarantee you at some point that game's going to be $14.99. Yeah, but for me, that's not really like an allure. Do one thing, I've never been allured by Doom or Doom Eternal on the Switch. I think it's just because I played it on the Xbox and I loved it. I loved it. I, and I'm like, I have hey, this on the Switch. I have like a, a fetish for playing <laughs> games like Doom and Doom Eternal. On Let it be a... known on the record, he has a fetish. 
I, yeah, well, <laughs> it is in my re- permanent record, that's for sure. <laughs> I have this thing for playing these games that have no business being in these underpowered machines, like the original Doom on the Super Nintendo, etc. And then somehow somebody making a miracle port to a lower spec machine. So I, I get some enjoyment out of playing, uh, you know, Doom or Doom Eternal on the Switch and being like, holy crap, I can't believe the Switch is playing this thing. Yeah, yeah is it highly I'll give compromised? You that for sure. sure. But you know what? I I don't know. I think it's neat. It is neat. I'd say for me, the biggest one that I've almost bought multiple times because it went on a, it's gone on a good sale uh, quite often was actually Crisis uh, Remastered. Oh man, I've I've almost gotten that game on sale multiple times because it's Great very game. impressive. Yeah. Great game. So I mean, I still stop myself because the thing that starts to get to me at the moment is literally like. Do I want to play it? Am I going to put time into it? And I have many things in my backlog that I'm already really enjoying. So why not just wait? Like there's no rush. And I think for me, this has been the hugest little psychological thing for me. Getting more into uh, gaming was because there are many, many games. I, you know, you don't have money to get them, right? You don't have money to get them. You can't play them. You're kind of waiting, waiting, waiting. And the gaming community doesn't wait for nobody. So it just kind of, you know, keeps getting, you know, more packed. So I kept getting this feeling like, well, everyone keeps talking about these games. I'm like missing out on these experiences, missing out on these like games. And you start to feel like you're getting left behind trying to play catch up. And I told myself over time, like, you don't need to feel that way because these things are always going to be there. There's no rush. There's no rush to play these things. There's no rush to do it. And it's kind of a thing you end up getting. And the more you get, the more sometimes you feel kind of rushed. I know it's not that a thing for everyone, but the main thing I know everyone talks about in the game community is, oh, my God, my backlog. Like, it is, it is a common thing for people to go, oh my god, our backlogs are, oh, just another thing to add to our backlog. Because you know sure. that over time, you'll get to it, but you aren't really sure. And I think that's the the, uh, the odd thing about being a gamer is I, I love being a gamer. It's fun and exciting, and there's so many wonderful experiences, but you got to keep a bit of a leash on yourself, especially when you're, you know, working for a living and you don't have as much time to play these games, it gets kind of harder, you know, harder to like put time, especially when you have some games that can take like five, five hours, right? Those are like really short ones. You can beat them yeah. really quickly. Then there's some that are 10 hours. You're like, oh, that's a good length. Then you have some that are 20 and they got RPGs that are like 40 and we're getting like AAA games here, right? So it's, it's this massive uh, divide between the indie backlog and then your AAA games that you want to get and also play in hell. The, the thing I wanted to mention was that... It starts to get into that that concern of uh, the services, right? The services that we're getting these days that you pay for subscription-wise, right? If I want to actually move in to the uh, the next the next stage here, and that is, originally the indie market became big and things went on sale, right? But now you have big hitting games, like going on massive sales pretty quickly sometimes. I think you mentioned about like uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. I got the name right this time. God, I was so <laughs> embarrassed how I said it in the last episode. You, now they go like on sale really quickly or these, deal, these deals always come back, right? I think Doom Eternal has been on sale on Switch like multiple times, like half off multiple times. And you have these AAA games that are going on discounts. You have them on services now. And sometimes it increases a bit of that adding to backlog where you're not just adding to an indie backlog. No, you're adding to like a AAA backlog and and all these games coming out at the same time. So my question is, is do you feel more obliged to buy a AAA game that's on a massive sale than you do an indie? 
Like, do you get a lot more of that, like, oh my god, I can finally get that game, or oh, I was waiting, or oh, it's actually off. Do you get more of that, that feeling like it's, uh, you feel obliged? Not really, not anymore. I used to. I would say maybe in the, in the 360 PS3 era, if I did see a AAA game early on and, you know, it was, uh, it was a big sale was going on, then I would say like, holy crap, I can't believe Uncharted is like at $20 or $10 or whatever. And, you know, I would jump on it right away because I'm like, what fools, right? It's a AAA game. I can't <laughs> believe they're giving it away for this much. And But now it's just become such a common thing that uh, I... I expect it. I do not buy, I rarely buy now a AAA game at full price. I just mm. don't. I, for one, I have more patience because I have so many games to play and I have my family and time is Precious. a lot less. <laughs> yeah, it's more, it's a limited commodity. So, you know, when, a, you know, if like when Resident Evil Village comes out, you know what? I'm not going to buy it at launch. I'm just going to wait. And when it, in Black Friday, Around that time, when it goes on sale for fourteen ninety nine or twenty dollars, or, or or probably even ten dollars, then I might consider picking it up. But even then, I, there's no hurry because I know that it will be cheap. And then, and then another thing I take into consideration is that for like for instance, Resident Evil Seven, I did not buy it at launch. I waited until it went on sale, and it did quite a few times, and I didn't quite pull the trigger. And I'm glad I did because then Capcom came out with what. The gold edition, right? That's and then right. I waited a couple months, and guess what? I got the gold edition for ten bucks, <laughs> and that came with everything. Just how I got Horizon Zero Dawn, the complete edition, for ten bucks. Does every game get down to ten bucks? No, the majority of them. God of War, ten bucks. You know, I I could really go down the list, and and most of them I got for ten, fifteen bucks. Right? Remember, I got a you know. Kingdom Hearts, the complete oh, collection. You told me I couldn't believe Kingdom that. Kingdom Hearts, no, one, I couldn't believe that. two. Three, everything, everything for what was it? Fourteen ninety nine or ten dollars? I think it was ten dollars. <laughs> it's like a hundred dollar collection, something like that. like that, right? But anyways, so I mean, I just gotta have a little bit of patience. Now, you could argue that I have to wait to play these games. It's okay. I have more than enough games to play, more than enough. You know, so it's easier to be patient when you have so such a big backlog. And then when the AAA game gets down to whatever a cheap price, yeah, I might consider buying it. If not, I'm not going to sweat it because even if the physical edition becomes rare, it, there's always digital sales anyways that are comparable. Mm, that's very true. Yeah, and especially now uh, that games have gone up to $70. I know there's a big hoopla about games going up to $70. It, I, it didn't matter to me really. Because it's still it's the not same kind of concept you're going you're gonna to pull exactly, on. Exactly, because they're still going to drop down to $10. Ultimately, so the ceiling is higher, but the floor is the same. When it, when it's going to hurt me is when Nintendo ups their prices because I tend to buy Nintendo games. Um, That's true. Close and to launch and AAA Nintendo games too. They um they don't go on great. They hold sales. their price. Yeah, I'd say so... lowest they get is. 45 most so of the that's time. gonna that, that's gonna hurt more when it happens but yeah i guess that's the long answer to your question that i do i don't jump on it right away because it's normal to me uh, and in fact even when some games go down to what i consider my price i might still hold off on it because i don't have time to play it you know that actually makes a lot of sense because that that's true for me as well these days that AAA games go on sale all the time now, and so sometimes I'll, I'll see a sale and I go, ooh, I want that one, but I'll look at the price and I go, nah, I can wait longer. When you speak, I hear silence. 
thing I wanted that I mentioned I wanted to talk about a little later in this episode was the mention of Xbox Game Pass, right? So you now have larger incentives, right, to not pay, okay, to pay like these these large prices or hell, even sales, right? Well, can I give you an example? So Gears of War 5, Mm -hmm. Gears of War 5. I bought it for ten dollars, mm-hmm. and even then, I'm like, uh, "Did I get ripped off? Not not ripped off because it's an amazing game, it's a great game." But I guess in the sense that I could just play it on Game Pass. Yeah, the whole thing with every and, single and, ounce of content. And let's be real: the physical edition is nothing but a key. That's mm-hmm. all it is. The disc is a glorified key to let you play the game. So there's not a whole lot of difference between owning the disc and having it on Game Pass other than the stupid disc that acts as a, as a key. And I guess I bought it because, you know, I have Gears of War 1, 2, 3 physically. I have 4 physically, quotation marks, because it's just a glorified key. And I couldn't bear to not have Part 5 sit on my shelf next to all of them. That is really the only reason I got it physically. But nowadays with Game Pass, eh, do you really need to buy it physically? No, <laughs> not, not, not unless it's not on Game Pass, and then but yeah, then, even then I, I might wait. Dude, dude, it's weird though when it comes to now AAA games because the Xbox Game Pass is such a good deal, still the greatest deal. Uh, and I want to make sure we're saying this properly. Actually, I've been the whole other episodes. I've been saying Gamer Pass. It's been Game Pass. So I've like I caught myself, myself too. I said yeah. it on this episode. I caught myself. Yeah. Yeah, and I realized. Oh my God, we've been saying the real thing. Uh, I'm going to shock time. it up to your inexperience. Oh wow. Okay. And your influence, probably. No, or me. actually, so. what I could shock it up to is you just following my lead. You know, you're just kind of like the. I'm like the the wolf. You, you like are the right. Sheep. When you, you know, follow the like... blind off a cliff, you have nobody to blame <laughs> but yourself. So, <laughs> so anyways, we're we're saying it right now. Thank God. Okay, so. I, I uh, and, sleep and, to, night. and to think that I've like had the Xbox Game Pass for like months now, and I was saying it wrong on that whole episode. Anyways, shame for shame for shame. Okay, so and I never say anything wrong on this podcast. Oh, oh, sure, all right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everyone, uh, quickly fact check. Go to the other episodes. Okay. No. <laughs> Come back with responses later. Everybody, message take a us. shot every time you hear me mispronounce something. <laughs> Go. Oh, Mister Splatoon. Anyways, we were talking about that earlier. Anyways, it, okay, so you're splat. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry, sorry. Mm-mm. Nope, not gonna get. Not gonna get you that one. Okay, so the thing is, is <laughs> we were talking about how I I feel that with the Xbox Game Pass, right? I feel less of incentive to pay for AAA's A's now, right? I have a you whole cheap year. Bastard. <laughs> I know. I even <laughs> with the indies, like even with the indies, I, I start going like looking at the Switch and I go, "Do I want you portably?" And if I don't care to play it portably, I'm like, "Okay, Xbox Game Pass, hit me." You know, so the thing is, is I have this huge amount of, in fact, almost all, I kid you not, almost all the games I have on my Xbox game, my Xbox Series X are from the Xbox Game Pass. Like, and they're huge games, right? Doom, Doom Eternal, Titanfall 2, uh, Dishonored. It's funny, I'm mentioning mostly first person. But like uh, Narita Boy, which is the indie game, you know, uh, you have games like Dragon Quest XI, right? Now, those games, I don't feel like I have to wait to pay anymore. Like, I don't need to spend my money. I paid for a whole year, and I can do whatever the hell I want with it, right? So it's a huge incentive, but then for me, that also, unfortunately, I get on my Xbox Game Pass, I look at all those icons, and you run into the same issue that you do on your Switch, and that is, wow, right, I need to get around to playing that sometime, or I want to get around to playing that sometime. But you know what's funny? And I, 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 want, I hope I pronounce this correctly, probably not, but... I bought Atelier Ryza 1 and 2 almost mm-hmm. at full price on Switch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, 
you know, these kind of super niche JRPGs. Like, I bought them, like, at 50 bucks or, or 40 bucks, whatever. And then they went on sale. It, yeah, I mean, you know, basically almost at full price. And here I am bitching about waiting for God of War to be at $10 and Spider-Man $10. <laughs> I know, and these are, like, these are, like, flagship yeah. game of the year I know, nominees. I know. They're, like, they're like triple A, you know, <laughs> crazy high production value games. And I'm, like... Nah, I'm gonna wait for you. To, I'm gonna wait for the game of the century edition to come out, and, and then I'll wait for it to drop to ten dollars. But, but no, some obscure Japanese game with bouncy physics. You know, <laughs> yeah. Here's my card number for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, I would I'd say this. I almost feel like for you, when it comes to those AAA games, I mean, just look at what you said on the podcast. You're like, hey, I got all these AAA games, blockbuster games for ten bucks. I'm like, ah, you waited for bragging rights. So I'm, I'm like, there you go. See, Yvonne, he likes the bragging rights. I might be cheap, but he does it for the bragging rights. So anyway. <laughs> so it, you know what it, you know what it is. What? It's like if um you know the new Nolan movie came out or something. Oh. Uh and and I'm like, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to catch that in theaters. I'm just going to wait for this Blu-ray to drop to drop to uh $4 or whatever on mm-hmm. Black Friday. Then maybe I'll buy the uh Nolan movie or whatever. But but then uh so, something else comes out that's a much lesser quality and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, full price, no problem. Let's go to the theaters. Uh, let, let's yeah. Let's go to the theater or like, well, oh, uh, Leprechaun, the 4K oh, edition no, at $30. Why not? G- give me <laughs> Leprechaun, please. Oh, good God. Yeah, but, th- that's actually a true statement there. <laughs> yeah, but th- I was that's... trying, you know, I was trying to think of something else other than Leprechaun to um, save some of my um, dignity and but I couldn't like, do nope. it. So like, nope, and, dignity and, gone. Yeah. So to not have any dead space, I had to use Leprechaun as an example, unfortunately. Yeah, but it, it's it's like I said, though, right? Like there, there's these other options that make you feel less inclined to full price buy these things. Now, don't get me wrong. This year, there are a good amount of um, games that, AAA games that I don't mind paying full price for, like Monster Hunter Rise, right? I recently got that. And I, I used um, some of my rewards points to, you know, take like $10 or $13 off of it, right? So that, that was nice. But I'm still gr- pretty much paying for full price. So there's a few games this year, actually quite a few games this year, that I don't mind paying full price. But I do know that sometimes when that time comes, when I think about getting it full price, I'll end up sometimes backpedaling. Like I'm going, hmm, do I re- need to right now? And I start going, yeah, I can wait, right? And they end up waiting, 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 waiting. And then before you know it, you realize it's way back there. Like months, it releases months ago. And then you're like, oh, yeah, it's on sale. And I feel like it, it sometimes happens. Like, I'll plan to, like, have a set amount of money to get these. And I'll just kind of go like, eh, you know, I can wait. And then it just continues. It's weird because now there's a great balance between having a lot and not having to pay a lot. Now, I'd say that's still the best thing when it comes to games these days is how you, you're getting more for less these days which is a really nice thing i think it's it's actually kind of a boon when it comes to being a gamer because i remember saying back then being a gamer is expensive well for sure okay so i agree you're getting more for less but i still but i ultimately feel like you're still spending more that's true because of quantity and that's why i've tried to slow down these days like there's a set amount of money I i dedicate like for games now a month and it could be small a group of small games or it can be like one big game, right? 
And I try to do that depending on like what my interests are. And still though, I feel like it needs some polishing. Definitely some polishing in regards to that. But I feel like this is what they definitely call, it's like a hobby, right? You have a hobby. And you just got to make sure, yeah, and you just got to make sure how to manage your hobby. I feel like I manage it much better now than I probably did back then. Where you're just kind of, I guess, trying to just enjoy whatever, right? And only over time you start realizing, no, there's a certain point we have to kind of lean back. And and life's been good that way. It's been it's been really nice that way. So I feel like we've moved into a better position, but we still need to kind of like keep a, a tight a, a tight ring around it sometimes. So now the last question on the subject before we get into our our closing little section of this is: Do you ever sometimes feel like constantly hearing about games, like new games or news or whatever? Do you sometimes feel like it gets a little like overwhelming or tiring? I mean. For me, it, it really doesn't. There's a, a bit of a time where I kind of just, you know, think to my head like, damn, like way too much is coming out too fast, right? But do you ever get the feeling you're kind of like, eh, like, nah, I'm not interested? No, because since I don't have as much time as I used to, and games are a hobby, right? So it's mm-hmm. like basketball. You know, I used to play basketball every single day, used to be in leagues, et cetera, et cetera. I really don't play as much as I used to. In fact, I haven't played <laughs> in a long, long time. I, I don't think I even played one single time last year in 2020, and I was in a league in, 20, in 2019. Oh, damn. I didn't so, know that. But, but what does that mean? That doesn't mean like I stopped watching basketball. I still watch a lot of basketball. I read uh, I read up on basketball daily. I'm in a, um, a fantasy league. I look at stats all the time, et cetera, et cetera, because it's a hobby. So even though I don't actually play it, I'm still very much invested in this hobby. And that's kind of how I see games. So I read, I love reading the news on games. I love hearing about games. I love watching videos about games, um, listening to podcasts, doing a podcast, and in some cases, even buying the games. But I don't necessarily get to play them all the time. So they might go on the shelf or they might go in storage and, you know, an SD card or a hard drive or whatnot. Or I might just enjoy watching a video in Digital Foundry about it or talking about it on said podcast. Or hell, even watch the kids playing it too. Yeah, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're into into stuff like um, Naver and, and... human fall flat and you know stuff like that it's 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 <laughs> kind of funny i mean but really it's more like look daddy i'm hanging off his booty you know while playing human fall flat or something like that so <laughs> yeah you know i'm talking about when i say a hobby and don't get me wrong i don't want to get people people get the impression that i don't love spending time with my kids or whatever but i i see games more as a hobby in the sense of like oh wow look at the new god of war that's coming or last of us uh, one is being remade Stuff like that, right? They they really kind of spark my interest, or 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 Monster Hunter Rise, hearing mm. pe- hearing your opinions and other people's opinions about it, and you know the only reason I haven't pulled the trigger is because while I love hearing about that game and I love watching videos and you know hearing your opinions, I don't have the time to play it right now. It, yeah. that game terrifies me. It really does. That game terrifies me. It's it's a good consumption of time for sure and it's it's actually me taking the chance on it once again because uh the thing that put me off of Monster Hunter back then was cuz a lot of it got spoiled for me of of my brother kind of showing me like multiple things of it when that's actually kind of the incentive of Monster Hunter. It's like, "Oh, what monsters can you take down? How do you learn their moves and the intense fights you do to take them out and then what can you build from them, right?" And for me, that's like the biggest thing for Monster Hunter. And with this current one, 
I knew what I was getting into. I was like, oh, I'm finally going to get back into the Monster Hunter franchise. You know, it's been a long time. And so finally getting into it, I've been really enjoying it. I was a little, there was a tiny bit of concern. Like, am I going to spend time in this game? And so far, I've been spending a good amount where I, I put some time into it and I'm really enjoying it so far. Uh, it's got me back into it. They're those games where you sometimes just have, they're kind of time absorbers. They're, they're, you sometimes feel like they're a game that can go on for countless hours. So you play it for a set amount of time while then working on maybe like a game that has, you know, an end, right? More of an end uh, to its its progression, which that's is a, it's a good thing That's a great point. That's a great point. And um, if my inter- may interrupt you for a second. You may. Uh, de- Dead by Daylights. For me, that's a perfect ah, example of a game I see you on that, that I have lot. to balance. I mean, I've put in almost 500 hours, maybe between 400 good and 500. Lord. For me... For other people, that's probably not a whole lot. I'm sure people have poured in thousands of hours into Destiny, or maybe I have a friend who's put in like 1,500 hours into Smash Ultimate and stuff like that. But for me, 400 hours plus in a game, that's insane, man. That's yeah, insane. A game so, that has no end you know, either. It has no end. Yeah, it has no end. It's a, a service game, right? And those are 400 hours that could have gone into a bunch of games. I mean, I could only imagine how many games I would have taken off my list or my backlog if I had applied those 400 hours into those games. But, so it's a balance. I cannot play too many games like Dead by Daylight. I cannot play Dead by Daylight and Fortnite and Realm Royale or, or uh, any of the other um, service games because... I just can't, I will never finish any game at all if I poured what little time I have into these games. You know, like Apex, I'm sure is great. What I played of, of it is cool. Rocket League is a lot of fun. But it's just no no end to those games, you know? That's pretty much the end of my point that amazing games, and I'm, I purposely avoid them a lot of times because I, I have to balance, you know, where my time goes. No, that that's actually a similar thing for me where I tell myself now these days, just take your time. Spend some time on one thing that you kind of feel like you can finish relatively quickly. You know, one that you're interested in, you can enjoy. Like, I'm enjoying playing a Hardcore Mecha and Narita Boy. They're both, you know, games that have a campaign, a beginning and an end. And I'm really loving them. But then I have like Monster to Rise, which is, you know, a long, much longer game that has loads of progression that gets updates and newly added stuff. And while it does technically have, like, a kind of an end, like, it has, like, a story-like end, but, you know, it grows. Like, there's so much content in it that it takes a while. kind of reminds me of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Now, while that definitely is a longer game with a, a finite end, the amount of content it has has, like, hundreds and hundreds of hours, which, you know, you can sink a lot of time into if you want. So it's just spacing your time out. Getting into the, I guess you could say the the last thing to close this pretty much is that you mentioned how over time, you know, it's, it's really nice even as a hobby to just see how games are and to learn about what's changing, what's new, to be excited. And so I think just after decades and decades of, you know, evolution of how the gaming community and gaming companies have changed, it's taken on so much more than originally it started as. Like you're talking about any kind of experience and every kind of experience is involved in video games, whether it literally looks like moving artwork, stuff you would see like in a cartoon, to fully orchestrated music that can rival that of um, movies. You have immersive storytelling, you have like seasons of content. They literally have games that call their content seasons where they literally go on and on and on, right? And you have some that like have a long arching story 
And you've got voice acting now that is practically full mocap, where it's practically acting. And it's taken on this this huge, huge amount of extra uh, effort, but also um, quality, and yet still appealing to simpler mechanics and styles like in the indie market and, and, and enjoyment for like any single person, which is very impressive. I do believe that there's literally a thing for everyone when it comes to games. Now, not to say that there's downsides to it. There are downsides to it. There's, you know, gotcha games sometimes. Well, I'm not going to chastise them, but some people, when they let get a little too involved, they'll end up spending a lot of real money, which I think, you know, can be that, that caveat i got to be careful for, or microtransactions and loot boxes and stuff like that. Let me tell you what I like about games like Fortnite. I like that they at least tell you what you're buying. Exactly. So while I have not spent... Uh, money on Fortnite outfits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with somebody else spending their money on that well, yeah, because exactly. they know exactly what they're buying. I- I'm assuming so. There is no holy crap. I got a 0.5 percent chance of getting yeah, you know, whatever you know. Yeah. So you know th- that's a- at least that's what I like about Fortnite. Now, what I don't like about the Fortnite format is so you know, like Rocket League. I paid full price for Rocket League. Mm-hmm. And now I went to free, uh, to play. free to play. So okay, well, I guess I paid full price for Dead by Daylight. In fact, I paid I think forty dollars for Dead by Daylight. And you know what? Dead by Daylight, its format is one hundred percent exactly like a free to play game. One hundred percent. So then, why did you charge me forty dollars for it? Then people might say, you know what? Yes, the the hard you know developers put in a lot of hard work into the game. Is to write. They reserve the right to charge whatever they want for their hard work and, and this respect. But the problem is you're being judged by other games that are similar, right? Mm. The content in Dead by Daylight has been out for a while, so it's mature, but so has Fortnite. So the content in Fortnite and Dead by Daylight and you know now games like Apex and you know games like that, the, the content is similar. You know, Warframe, stuff like that. I mean, the content is... They're they're coming out with the same amount of content. The gameplay is different, sure. So then I'm just struggling to see what Dead by Daylight's offering that's different from those other games. And again, it's in their right to charge whatever they want. But it just makes me feel a little bit like, uh, you know, I paid forty dollars, but you're doing me, you're giving me a free to play format on top of that. And and this stuff is expensive, man. Like the the clothing. You know what's funny. Not to get on a tangent, but the characters it, themselves aren't too bad to unlock. I mean, they do take quite a bit of while. Luckily, I have kids, so they log into my account and they farm the <laughs> currency. Yeah, I let them play Dead by Daylight, come at me. But what, if you want to buy clothes, it's ridiculous. You could buy like three characters or two characters for what a generic, ugly-ass Kmart shirt cost in that game. So <laughs> it, it's obvious to me that... The money is in uh, the cosmetic stuff, like clothing, etc. That's really where the money is. And they really do charge a premium for that stuff. No, you're right, because most free-to-play games are free-to-play because all the cosmetics are the things that, while you can earn them and unlock them, like, well, sometimes, um, by just playing... But, I mean, you get, like, generic stuff, and it takes forever to unlock. No, that's what I mean. I'm saying as in they purposely put the the height so high like even i have a, a bit of an issue with that with even apex legends right but apex legends is free so that's the, i see what you exactly mean like the format 
is expensive based on that free-to-play format, yet you had to pay money for it. And I think that's what Rocket League eventually changed, right? It became free-to-play. They took away loot boxes, and instead they just make you pay for something you want. I wish what they would do is... Uh, now, so I guess the reason it was $40 is because, like, they added some some characters. It was like a compl- an addition that had extra characters compared to the vanilla edition, whatever, whatever. But I, I almost wish that they would say, okay, you pay $40 and you gain double the amount of currency, you know? Oh, yeah. Because you, you could buy clothing, some clothing and stuff with, with the currency that you earn. But, God, that stuff is just so slow, man. Like, yeah. it's insanely slow. You could That's spend purposeful. 50 hours of your life. Mm. And not even have enough to buy a shirt, uh, a shirt, not even close. So I almost wish that, hey, you know what? I bought the full game for 40 bucks. Let me get double, you know, experience or double currency or whatever. So instead of taking 75 hours or 100 hours to unlock a, a shirt, maybe it takes me 20 hours, right? Or 25 hours. I mean, that's still 20, 20 hours of your life. But at least it's not ridiculous, like 100 hours of your life, you know, yeah. or whatever the case may be. That, that, I don't know. Maybe I'm way off here. I'm not an expert. I, I didn't I didn't think of this ahead of time. So maybe all these suggestions are just stupid. Who knows? I just, you know, at the end of the day, I just felt scummy. It felt scummy for me to pay full price for a game and still have the free-to-play model. Yeah, then you could only imagine technically how the people who originally bought Star Wars Battlefront 2 felt. Full price <laughs> game with loot boxes. Oh my god. Anyways, or that NBA was... 2K. Oh, which, yeah, that's um, a. Oh, let's just say we're gonna shelve that one just for the reason that if yeah, we ever do one, talk about yeah, loot boxes and catastrophes, something else. Oof, yeah. Come, especially coming from the uh, somebody that played the first game on the Dreamcast mm-hmm. the, to see what happened to that game, which is like. I'm surprised somebody doesn't come into your door and shake you for your lunch money. That's just yeah. ridiculous, man. But yeah, I mean, anywho, let's move. Let's move on. Yeah, a little more, a little more positive. But but basically, the the whole point is is that uh, games have changed a huge over the years. They've changed a lot in regards to how they're made. You can see the effect of games everywhere, and they've become its 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 own art, its own incredible medium that involves every kind of facet you can think of. And sure, there are issues like we mentioned before. There. There are issues that, that need to be looked into, and there are things that can feel like you're spending your money and time into something that, that maybe could have been handled better. And aside from that, though, I, I still believe that actually um, that the games are one of the greatest mediums ever created because they've evolved into a bit of everything. There is, there's, as I said, there's something for everybody. And I think that that's what's actually just very important. I mean, hell, we're, we're talking about it. There's a podcast for it. I know there's countless other podcasts for it and countless other podcasts for other things. If, if we take enjoyment in these kinds of things because of all the different art, of all the different feelings and enjoyment and passion that you get from such a project that is so prevalent when it comes to just video games itself, I think that's what makes um, it stand out so wonderfully. And that's why we're still talking about it. That's why we're still wigging out about it. So... That's my thoughts on that. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Modern Retrospect. We release new episodes every week on a variety of video game topics as well as having game-specific episodes along with some other surprises coming soon. We hope you stay tuned. 
You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everything else. If you enjoy our ramblings, please feel free to subscribe, rate us, or leave a message through email, social media, or voice so we can hear your feedback on today's topic. If you want more retro hits and modern bits, just hop on back. You have a good one. Bye, everyone.